Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Woo. So somebody shout, the best is yet to come. So here's what I, God laid a message on me, and I, I shared just briefly on, on Friday night, our New Year's Eve service, and at the end, we're all going to come to the front, and we're going um, to have a party, amen? And then when you walk out the door uh, today, we've got some special treats for you, but I want you to know the best is yet to come over your life, over our house, over our community. I love that song, even when it doesn't look like it. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when I can't see what you're doing, you're always working. You're always working. You're always working. And so God laid this message on my heart in this season for us as a church out of the book of Haggai in the Old Testament. And the story of, let me just give you a little bit of background. The story of this is a, it's a very small book. I have to admit, I haven't read it that much, but I have read it, and, and the revelation and, and what God has been speaking to me and through me and for me, um, I've been applying this to my life. And so I'm going to get it out of me into you this morning in the next few minutes. Because I believe God has called this house, you and I, as, as houses, our temples, I believe he's called us to do something amazing for such a time and place as this. Amen? I don't want to do anything just halfway. If, if, if I'm here, if I'm, if I'm in my marriage, if I'm a, if I'm a dad, or wherever, if I'm working, I want to do it all the way. Amen? I want to give it 110%. And so my word for us today, similar to what Haggai declared over the people of Judah, the best is yet to come. First Peter talks about, First Peter 2, 5. As we walk through this message this morning, I want you to know there's, there's two types of temples. There's the physical temple in the Old Testament, but 1 Peter 2.5 talks about that actually we are the living temples. Amen? It says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. In other words, don't get confused that although God is, is, is very, very... Um, passionate and very interested in, in, in building incredible campuses like this, he's more interested in building what's happening on the inside of you and I. Amen? Uh, we, could have, we could have church in a grass field for all he cares. Amen? But you all will whine and complain about the mud, the, uh, the temperature, the bugs. Something would, be, something would be out of sorts. Amen? And so God provides us with this incredible place uh, this incredible campus that I'm very, very thankful for. And so if you're in, flip over real quick to the book of Ezra, chapter 3, Old Testament. And so the background on this quickly is God's people were coming out of being, um, being in captivity in, in, in Babylon and so two years later, this is all before Christ, obviously. Two years later, the, the construction on the temple that uh, led by Zerubbabel is now in motion. The, the, the temple that Solomon had built had been destroyed. It, it, was, in, it was in ruins. Uh, nothing hardly was left of it. And so God is always interested in building. You and I are builders, amen? God's not called us to be settlers. God has called us to be builders, amen? 
Hold on, I'm going to work God. God's not called you and I to be settlers. God has called you and I to be builders. So regardless of your personality type, because oftentimes we'll use our personality type, well, that's just not me. I don't like to talk to people. I'd just rather stay in my house, sit on my comfortable chair, and just flip my controller and change channels. Or I like just to stay by myself. God's not called us to be that way, amen? God's called us to be pioneers. God's called us to be builders. And so that's exactly what they did. And so in Ezra chapter 3, verse 10, so the temple had been, once again, had been destroyed. And so here goes the word of the Lord. It says, when the builders, somebody shout builders. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites and the sons of Asphalt with the cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsibly, they praised, they gave God thanks, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. They praised God, they were excited, they were giving high fives, they were doing fist bumps, chest bumps, whatever you do at that point when the temple is in the process of being built. However, flip over now to Haggai. Chapter 1, verse 2. Unfortunately, the work process, the building process that they were so excited about, how many know it's um uh, it's exciting to start something. It's exciting, it's exciting to get the 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 all go out to the, the the blueprint to sit down with the, the builder and, and to sit down and, and envision, oh, this is what this house is gonna look like. This is what this 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 new place is gonna look like. And so that was what was happening. They were starting to build the temple, the, the foundation and the altar was built, and then work stopped just roughly after about two years. Two years after two years. That's all the progress they made. And then for the next 17 years, the temple, God's temple, God's house, it laid in ruins. They never went any farther with it. Why? Well, they started complaining. They started whining. They started um, getting on to one another. They ran into a little bit of opposition. Have you ever noticed when you start building something that's got any kind of value, have you ever noticed that you will run into a little bit of opposition? Either internal opposition well, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. I, I, you start second-guessing yourself. I don't know if I have um, the resources. I don't know if I have the talent. Why me? I, I, I don't, I, God, I think you picked the wrong person. Or the other kind of opposition, was, which was external. And so the people of Israel, of, of Judah, they were, they, were, they were bumping in against enemies, enemies that didn't want to see God's temple built. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that we have an enemy that doesn't want you and I to be built upon Christ Jesus. Hello? We face an enemy, y'all. So they face an enemy. They got, in fact, they were, um, they were derailed by their own set of priorities. They were derailed by a lack of focus. They got consumed by them. Sounds like today. They got so consumed that for 17 years, they walked past ruins. They walked past the broken pieces. All they saw was just a foundation, and they just, they just walked by it. They didn't do anything about it. Complained probably that nah, it's, it's, it's for another day. It's for another group of people. For you see, God used, <laughs> God used this prophet called Haggai. Because the reality is Haggai was an old man, the Bible says. He was roughly 70 years old. So that's 
old in the sense that, that God was, was um, uh, all the people that had seen maybe Solomon's temple built, all the people that had walked through being in captivity in, Bab- in Babylon, most of them had died off. So there's just a few people that were left that had seen what God had done, the past, the glory days. Oh, the used to be, remember, when kind of crowd, Amen. And so that's the, that's the setup here as we launch into Haggai 1, verse 2. It says, this is what the Lord, in verse 2, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying that time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Remember, it's been sitting there for 17 years. No progress, no effort, no resources, nothing being put into that house. I like what the message version says. The message version of that same verse in verse 2, it says, A message from God of the angel armies, the people procrastinate. (laughs) They say, this isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. For you see, Haggai was foreshadowing the coming of Christ. Haggai was saying, you must build the temple. God's, that, is a, that is a symbol to God's people, of God's favor, of God's blessing, a place where God resides, a place where you can hear from heaven. You must rebuild the temple. But the people that surrounded God, these are God's people, y'all. These are the church. The church says, mm, nope, it's not the right time for us to rebuild you may, have, you may have thought of, they may have had some really good reasons, but all they were were a bunch of excuses. Maybe they said, hey, it's, it's been 70 years, this land has been neglected, it's been in shambles, why should we start now? The work's going to be hard. Have you ever noticed anything that's got value, it takes work and it is what? It's hard. Money was scarce. It talks about it. I don't have time this morning to, 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 to dive too much in that. But money was scarce. Their crops weren't producing. Uh, their land wasn't producing. Um, people, there wasn't as many people. People had died off. So manpower was short. They were suffering because of drought. They were suffering because of uh, crop failures. The enemies were pressing against. All these are just excuses. Amen. All these are reasons that they were thinking as they were walking by every day seeing the temple in ruins. And when challenged, they said, ah, this is not the time. We'll wait. But God is challenging them through this amazing prophet. In fact, Haggai was like a massive, like a massive alarm clock to wake them up and say, hey, 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 hey. This is the time. God's house will be built. <laughs> and so regardless of how spiritual their excuses sound, Haggai didn't let go, and neither will the Lord. For you see, the house is significant, you all. I remember when Angela and I first bought our first house. It was, and I'm not kidding, um, uh, God, God, we were nervous buying a, buying a house. I love Jody and that story. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. She was still going through school. Uh, we had just moved to Charlotte from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we were tired of renting, quite frankly. Um, r- right after I literally almost melted the blue uh, vinyl from the house because I left the barbecue grill on. But anyhow, the landlord uh, gave us a little favor on that one. So just don't leave the barbecue grill next to um, vinyl on the side of a house. It will melt. Not one of my better moves uh, of, of all time. 
And so we just believe God that, that, that God wanted to give us a house. There's something about you and I owning our own house. House represents protection. House represents family, right? House represents a lot of things in our lives. So to have a roof over your head, a house that you can call your own, a house that you can call home was very important. And so we believe God as we were moving to Charlotte, Tennessee, Charlotte, Tennessee, Charlotte, North Carolina. And so we believed and, and, and we just said, God, will you please open up a door? Will you please open up the right house that we can afford? And will you believe that um, it was like a shining billboard? Our address was 7500 Little Fox Lane. But you see, I, um, I'm a little hesitant. No, no amens from this side of the room. Um, I don't move very fast, um, and I like to research things. I like to uh, procrastinate. I like to pray, and I'm always looking for something. I'm looking for the right. In this case, God said, hey, dude, this is your house, 7500 Little Fox Lane. And so that promise to you and I to have a house, and then when you get that house, when you sign those papers, and they hand those keys over to you, and there I was. We walked across our house. I, I, uh, Angela leaped into my arms and we carried across. I don't know why we do that. We leaped into my arms. We, we, we made it across the threshold. And then I had to make the first mortgage payment. <laughs> kind of the fun kind of gets out of that. Amen. But a house is important. You and I being a spiritual house. For us, for us to make sure that we are, 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 are being built we're not lying in ruins and coming up with a bunch of excuses on why God can't build something on the inside of you and I. My message this morning is the best is yet to come for you and I. Amen? The best is yet to come. Let's go to verse 3 quickly. It says, then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious homes while my house lies in ruins? Some may say wrong priorities. You know, God wasn't, um, you know, God wasn't upset about people living in their homes. That message wasn't directed to somehow make them feel uncomfortable or shame them. What God was upset about in this moment was, hey, you're living in luxurious homes, but my temple is a mess. You, in fact, you've ignored it. In fact, you've excused it for 17 plus years. So God was challenging them in that moment. He was saying, hey, listen, your priorities are wrong. Your priorities need to be readjusted. It's easy to see how over 17 years the work stopped because it was difficult. It was going to require an investment. It was going to focus um, rather than on me and what I need and what my priorities. It was going to focus on God. What do you say are the priorities? God, what do you say over my life and over those people to go to do next? For you see, I believe that the construction process that you and I are under it takes time. Amen. It takes work. It takes investment. The worst thing that you can do today, and Angela mentioned earlier, the worst, or the best, let, let me change it. The best thing that you and I can do this morning is for you and I to take some time in the next 24 hours, because by tomorrow you'll forget about this. But, the ne but before you leave this morning or today, take some time. 
God, what are you, what's the building process on the inside of me that you want to do this year? For my marriage, or maybe you want to be married. For my finances, and me personally, with my kids, my job, my church, my giving, financial, whatever it may be. Create those lists. And once again, it doesn't need to be 25 things. Maybe it's just two. But I'm challenging you this morning that God wants to build something on the inside of us. Because here's possibly what, what the people of God were saying at that moment when they, when they said, um, when they're sitting in their luxurious houses and the temple is all destroyed. We can't get much done at the temple. I'm tired of living in a wreck, and so it's time to start remodeling my home. Or maybe they said, God wants me to give attention to things at home, so home comes first. You know what? I would give more to the temple, but all my money is tied up with my home renovation. I'm not living extravagantly. Look at the other houses in my neighborhood. Look at the chariots in their driveway. Amen? Or how about this isn't the right time. We can always do it later. Well, at least the altar is there. So I'm sure God will be okay with that. See, those are all excuses that those people were making about the temple being lying in ruins. But God, I thank God that God has a higher purpose. Amen? That God had a better plan. Let's go to verse 5. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvest little. You eat but are never satisfied. Sounds like, sounds like our culture today. No matter what I do, no matter what you do, one of the things that Angela and I have learned uh, over the last several months it, as, as we're leading this incredible place called Jubilee and, and God is just supernaturally giving us a, a grace and a love and a compassion and a vision and a, and a heart to, to lead you and to, to reach into our community like never before. But oftentimes what happens is no matter how much we give, of our lives, our talent, our time, our money, what we bump into sometimes, not from you, it's from other folks, it's never enough. It's never enough. People are still not satisfied. Well, you didn't look at me the right way. You didn't call me. You didn't text me enough. You didn't say good morning to me. I don't know, whatever silliness they can come up with. And so that's what Haggai was saying to these people. That's what the God, that's what God was saying, that no matter what you do, no matter what you eat, no matter what you plant, you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. Mm. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put clothes on, but you still cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. That's what happens when we don't put God first in our, in, our, in, our, in our lives, y'all. That's what happens when we don't put the word of God, when we don't put God's, the, the building process that God wants to do on the inside of us. My heart for us in 2022 as a church, I want to see us grow. I want to see us grow. I want to see us become stronger. Angie and I want us to see us pray like we've never prayed before. Angie and I want to see us give like we've never given before. We want to see us serve like we've never served before. Love like we never have before. For you see, I believe that if we seek God first, if we put his kingdom first and his righteousness, the Bible says all things will be added unto you and to me. Let's seek him 
first. Haggai was asking people, asking God's people, what is your direction? What are your priorities? No matter what you do, it's never enough. So how about you do it God's way? How about you put God first? How about you put God's house first and then the, te- and then the temple, the blessings flow down? Oftentimes what happens, we get things all goofed up. Amen? Somehow, someway, we put us ahead of God and then we ask him to bless our mess. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Somehow, someway, I get myself, you get yourself into a mess, and then we pray. (laughs) Has anybody ever been there before? How about we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to go today? Holy Spirit, what job do you want me to take today? Holy Spirit, what person are you going to bring across my path? Anastasia, welcome. She's been serving in our military. She's been, uh, praise God, thank you for your service. And uh, that dude's missed you a lot, so it's good to, good to see you. He's been so bored, he's teaching me how to break dance. Less on dancing, more on breaking, but that's another story. But how I many you know we, you all, we have to be growing, you guys. We have to be developing. We have to be stronger. We have to be more knowledgeable. We have to be spirit-led like never before. Listen, if you and I are in the same place in a week, in a month, next year at the same time when the calendar is turned over, then you and I have not done the building process. You and I are lazy. It's not my, it's not our job for me to somehow make you spiritually stronger. It's my part. I'll play my part. But it's on you. Amen. It's on me to to say, God, I see the areas in my life and I need to grow. Show me, Holy Spirit. Show me where I need to go this week. Man, I'm telling you, if there's ever a season for us as a church, Holy Spirit, speak to us. I want to be spirit-led. I love that message that Angela preached the day after Christmas about Simeon. If you miss it, you should go back and watch that message. It said that Simeon was led by the Spirit to be exactly where he needed to be. I don't know about you, but I want to be exactly where God wants me to be. Because it's amazing when I get my stinky flesh in the way, it's amazing how much of a hot mess I get myself in. Amen? People I don't need to be with, things I don't need to be looking at, conversations I don't need to be having, Facebook opinions that I don't need to be reading. Amen? That was free. Come on, get to verse 7. I'm going to wrap this up. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. I love this. Woo. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills. He's talking to God's people. Go up into the hills. Bring down the timber and rebuild my house. Rebuild my house. Rebuild my house. I'm going to read that again. This is what the Lord of heavens, I'm in verse 7. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down some timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. In other words, 
In other words, God was saying, get to work. Get to work. Get busy. Build my house. Take the wood. Go build something amazing. Go build something that will honor me. Don't let any excuses. Don't let, don't let people's opinions tell you what you can and what you can't do. Focus on, do it unto the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. God was saying, hey, don't be a pleaser of man. Be a pleaser of God. Have you noticed that it's easy for you and I to want to please man? But God was saying, hey, do it unto God. The Bible says, whatever you and I do, do it unto the, do it unto the Lord. So even if you don't get an attaboy or an attagirl, even if you don't get taken to a lunch or a coffee or whatever, whatever strokes you, whatever strokes you, God says, do it unto me. Serve unto me. Work the, work the doors. Clean up the confetti. Scrub a toilet. Lead a life, a connect group. Lead somebody to the Lord. Preach a message on us on a Wednesday night. I don't know what it is, but whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Do it unto God. You're not, look, you're not looking to get paid, although if we can pay you, I'm, I'm thankful for, the, for, for us having a small staff. But they don't do it for the money. I don't do this for the money, y'all. Heck, Angie and I were having a financial conversation the other day, and we're trying to think, how do we cut our Cox cable bill in half? Just being honest. Cancel it. Do we really need it? Because we're going to live within our means, amen? We're going to set a budget, and we're going to trust God, amen? But I'm not doing that. We're not doing this before the money. We're certainly not doing it for, for, the, uh, for the stress level. I'm supposed to be retired right now. I'm working harder than I ever have. But I'm doing it unto the Lord, amen? You and I are doing it unto the Lord. And so that was God's command to his people. Skip on down to verse 13. It says, and then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. Oh, I love it. I am with you, says the Lord. Verse 14, it says, so the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel and the enthusiasm of Jeshua and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people and they began to work on the house. Somebody shout work. It says they began to work on the house of their God. You should underline that in your Bible. They began to work on the house of, the God, of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. I love it, and I'm declaring this over our house, that God is with us. God is with us. And so they took so much, they took so much momentum, they took so much confidence, they took so much assurance that God, if, if God is for us, who can be against me? I'm going to shake off whatever I, whatever, I, whatever I dragged out of Babylon. I'm going to shake off whatever, whatever I used to be for the last 17 years, walking by the same temple day after day after day. God, you're with me. So I'm going to start building. I'm going to get to work. The best is yet to come. But you see, God's people, their perspective was all wrong. God in that moment was shifting. God, I am God. I am the master builder. Go build. Go build. Jubilee, go build. Jubilee, go build. I am with you. Go build. Last part. Flip over to chapter 2 in Haggai. Woo, this is good. 
It says for this in verse 6. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while. Somebody say just a little while. <laughs> in just a little while. I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. Verse 7. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. This house. I will fill this place with glory. Woo! Says the Lord of heavens and armies. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Says the Lord of heavens and armies. The future glory of this temple, of this house. Somebody shout house. The future glory of this house, this temple will be greater. Somebody shout greater. Than the past. And in this place I will bring peace. In other words, what God, what God was reminding his people, don't look on what it used to be. Don't get consumed what it used to be. Don't get consumed on what it used to look like. Don't worry about the gold. Don't worry about the silver. Don't worry about the construction, how big it's going to be. Because now it's greater than the past. The future is greater than the past. Shift your eyes on me, the Lord says. I am with you. Woo. My declare, my declaration over our house is the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come over our house. The best is yet to come over our house. We've been, in case you don't know, we've been a church for, uh, let's see, 36, 37 years. And it's easy for, for those that have been here a while, it's easy to say, oh, do you remember when? Oh, those are the good old days. Oh, do you, oh, man, do, did you remember this? And it's easy, and there's nothing wrong with us remembering those things. But we can't stay stuck in those things, amen? We can't be part of the, the woulda and the shoulda and the coulda crowd. I got to be a builder today, y'all. You and I have to be a builder today. We have to be willing to build the house. And I'm not talking about just a physical temple. I'm talking about this temple. For you see, here's my challenge to us. In this culture that we live in, it is easy for us to be lazy. It is easy for you and for me to, to, to uh, expect somebody else to do the work. It's easy for somebody else, for me to expect somebody else to give. It's easy for somebody else to do all the, all the studying and all the Bible reading and all the, the right notes to worship a song. And I just get to come in. I just get to, oh, so good. So good. I wish you'd hurry up, though. I wish you would sing a different song. Why is she singing this song so long? But you don't know the sacrifice that happened this week to get to that moment in God. Amen. Hey, listen, it's easy to not be a parent. Anybody can be a father. Anybody can be a mother. But to be a parent, to be a parent, to parent, to, to, to actually parent your child, it takes work, y'all. It's not easy. Anybody can shack up. But there's something about you and I walking out a covenant relationship with our spouse, with our kids. Anybody can start a church. Anybody can start, it doesn't take much, it doesn't take, in fact, I just learned this week that for $49.99, you can marry anybody. They'll send you a certificate and you're in the marriage business. 
But there's something about you and I having a covenant with one another and to the house that God has built. The vision over this house. The mission over this house. So I'm challenging us like never before as a church, as men, as women. Some of y'all have been here a long time. Some of you, today's your very first day. I just want to let you know what kind of church that we're building. We're building a church after God's heart, amen? We're building a church that wants to reach into the, the lives and the hearts of our community. We're building a church that, that, that will be prophetic. We're building a church that, that, that will protect the prophetic. We're building a church that loves the presence of God. We're building a church that's spirit-led, not Tim-led, not Angela-led. We want to build a church that's spirit-led. I want to build this house. I want to build this house. Amen? Because I know if this house is strong, if this house is healthy, if this house is growing, then this is healthy and growing as well. Can I have an amen? I know if this is healthy and growing and strong, I didn't say perfect. Well, she is, but I'm not. But if my marriage is going, then I know that this will be healthy and strong. Amen? My charge to us as a church, come on, worship team. The best is yet to come. In Matthew 6, I said it earlier, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all things, somebody shout all. It says then all things will be added to you, to me. All things. God spoke this to me last week as I was preparing for this message. Last thing I want to share. I was listening to a song with Maverick City Music, and it had a line in it. And it just hit my spirit. It said, God, it says, God uses empty things. Miracles. God performs miracles in empty things. I have been chewing on that now for about two weeks. We as a church, you as a husband, as a son, as a daughter, as a mom, as an aunt, whatever it may be. I'm praying for us as a church that we, and Ann's talked about it earlier. I'm praying for us as a church that we are hungry like never before. That we are thirsty like never before. That we desire to build the house like never before. But first you and I have to be emptied. We have to be squeezed out. I can't walk in. I can't open my Bible. I can't have a, a connect group meeting in which I think I am full. Are you guys with me? Something on the inside. I got to have a hunger. I got to have a desire. I got to have some kind of appetite. I want to grow. That's my prayer. That's our prayer as a house. I don't want to make excuses like God's people did for not building that temple. But I want to know, God, today, if we put you first, if we seek first the kingdom of God, then you'll add everything that we desire. God does miracles with empty things. Will you stand to your feet? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. On this first Sunday of the month, this first Sunday of the brand new year, 
22 days of praying and fasting we're heading into at the end of this week. We'll get more details out. I believe, as Angela said, I believe this is a year for us as a church, as families, as marriages, as, as men, as, as women, to be restored, to be whole, to be new. I'm declaring over our house this morning, God, we will build the temple. God, we will put your house first, God. Lord, this house, this temple. Father, started in me this morning. Started in us this morning, God. Father, for you, you can use anything. You can use me. God, you can use anything, Lord. You can use me. God, you can use anything. You can use me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know the Lord this morning, right before we all come to the front, I want to give you an opportunity. If you want to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, if you've been running from God, backslidden, today's your day. Hit the reset button. Make all things new. Come on, the Bible is the grace, His mercy, His love, His compassion. It's for you. If I'm talking to somebody this morning with your eyes closed, will you simply lift your hand and say, Pastor Tim, will you pray for me? I don't know Jesus, but I want to. I've been running from God, but today I want to make a new day. I want to hit the reset button. Anybody in the sound of my voice this morning, online, anybody say, Tim, will you pray for me? I need Jesus right now. I don't want to go another day into 2022 without knowing your heart, your life, your passion, your mercy, your grace. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to wait just another few seconds. Just simply lift your hand and say, pray for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, Lord, you saw the hands, God, that went up. Lord, you know the hearts of your people. Lord, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why we should make excuses. But today, God, Lord, we're going to step forward, God. And as stepping forward, God, we are declaring, God, the best is yet to come over our house. Lord, over this house, God. Lord, over our marriages, our homes, our kids, our grandkids, God. Lord, over our finances, our job, our community, God. The best is yet to come. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for the saving power of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. What I want us to do right now, will you meet me down front? Come on, everybody, come down front. We're going to celebrate. We're going to pray for just a couple minutes. Come on, you're going to have to squeeze in uh, pretty close to the front here.
We're going to declare the Lord, the word of the Lord over our church. When you walked in this morning, there was a bunch of scriptures. We're going to continue to rehearse that. We're going to continue to fight. We're going to dig our heels in. But we're not going to do it in our own strength, y'all. We're not going to do it on our own abilities. We're going to do it because God's people are linking arms. God's people are linking arms like never before. For you see, if Angela and I did it, we'll get worn out. But I'm declaring today that God, you, if you build the house, God, if you build the house, God, if you build this house, Lord, we won't get exhausted. We won't get tired. We won't get weary. We won't get frustrated. But God, we will be glorious. And we'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the credit. So what I want us to do right now, will you just stretch your hands towards heaven? Come on, we're going to sing this song. Come on, as we sing this song, let's declare this over your life. Let's declare this over your marriage. Let's declare this over your kids. Let's declare this over our community, over our church. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, worship me. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Build it. Build it.
Father. We're going to make a declaration right now. We're going to make a declaration right now. And at the end of that declaration, we're going to have a massive party. Are you ready? Are you ready to move, Jubilee? Are you ready to move, Jubilee? Move your life, move your marriage, move your, your, your walk with God, move your money, move your kids, your grandkids, move the babies that are on the way. Amen. Move your grandkids. Move. Come on, let's say that. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody. Say, Lord Jesus. We make a fresh decision. Today. Fresh decision to build, to move, to grow. I choose to put you first, to build, to grow, to move. In Jesus' name, we declare the best.